I hope everyone's Halloween is going great. This is another pre-recorded episode of the Here's mm-hmm. Johnny podcast. Um, like we talked about last week, it was going to be Faz, but after some recent developments and not wanting to platform problematic people, um, we did. Dis- Justin and I did decide to go ahead and just kind of table that for the moment. Um, we were kind of talking about things to do here and what the best thing to do, and... I recommended a Frankenweenie. Um, Justin was all on board for it. Um, I've, I've kind of been on record that Tim Burton is like, like of my top three directors. Tim Burton is right there. And depending upon the day and my mood, he might be my all-time favorite director between him, Scorsese, and Boz Lerman. Um, so know what's new because this is pre-recorded. So Justin, my question to you, what is your favorite Tim Burton movie? So it's, it is a tie. Uh, okay. um, I'll allow it here. I'll allow it here in like last time. <laughs> or I guess in the future for everybody else because they haven't heard that yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. I fucking love that movie. And Edward Scissorhands. Funny. All right. So when I was a kid, mm-hmm. if you had asked me, it would have been Batman. Oh, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Oh, or Nightmare. Yeah. But... There was a certain point in my life, I think I was in college probably, where Edward Scissorhands just became it. Yeah. It's a great movie. I mean, I, I will tell you, I have not seen it in a very, very long time. Do you have Disney Plus? You, obviously, you have to. You watch yeah. Pocus Pocus, too. Yeah. I, it's on dude, there. I have kids. I have Disney Plus. <laughs> it, it, it's on there. Hmm. And it I, holds hmm. up. I don't know if I'd watch that with my kids, but... I don't know. That's actually an interesting question. Well, and that's that's actually why I haven't watched it recently. Because there's that, like, sexual assault scene where she tries to, like, take advantage of him in the beauty salon. Yeah. It, well, it, uh, well, that's what I'm saying is I, th- I think there's, like, I could probably watch it, but I would watch it myself alone first. Because, I mean, like. Yeah. The movie makes yeah. me cry every time I watch it. Every yeah, fucking time. Fair. And I think it's a combination of. Tim Burton's directing, Johnny Depp's portrayal, and Danny Elfman's score. Yeah, that's fair. But I cry a lot in fucking Tim Burton movies because... <laughs> I get it. Yeah. All right, Justin, I'm really excited to talk about this. Uh, but before we get into the review, I'm curious, when was the first time you watched this one? Because obviously Hocus Pocus was a first watch. So when was the first time you saw Frankenweenie? I believe I saw it in theaters, and then this was my second time watching it. Okay. I saw it the weekend it came out. I was at Miami. I was still going to college down there. And I went and saw it at the drive-in theater. And I went and saw it three nights in a row. Interesting. Okay. So there's a little bit of background for this movie for you. (laughs) About me. Uh, So with that, let's cue the music and talk about Frank and Weenie. American 3D stop motion animated science fiction comedy horror film. It does classify apparently as a horror film from Tim Burton. 
is a feature-length remake of Burton's 1984 short film of the same name. It also acts as a parody slash homage to the 1931 film Frankenstein, which is based on Mary Shelley's 1818 book Frankenstein or the Modern Prometheus. Have you read that? Frankenstein? Mm-hmm. Uh, a very, like, I was maybe in grade six when I read okay. it because my sister had it and I read it. I actually like Frankenstein more than Dracula. Okay. I mean, I will go back and give it another shot. I just remember it being very dry. Not as dry as Dracula. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I believe that. The voice class includes five actors who worked with Burton on previous films. Justin, can you tell me their previous films? Winona Ryder. Beetlejuice. And? I don't know. Edward Scissorhands. Oh, Jesus, sorry. I just like you ask me these questions and literally everything blanks in my head and I'm just That's like what what's on my desk what's on my She's desk like that the question is asked and like everything she knows just goes blank yeah uh, okay. that's me Martin Short um Freaks and Geeks I Mars Attacks oh is he in Freaks and Geeks I, gotta I have no idea I don't <laughs> think so though Catherine O'Hara I don't know Dude, you're going to ask me these, and I, I'm not going to know. Beetlejuice and Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> okay. Martin Landau was in Ed Wood and Sleepy Hollow, and then Conchata Farrell was also in Edward Scissorhands. Okay. This film was the first black-and-white feature-length film and the first stop-motion film to be released in IMAX 3D. It won the Saturn Award for Best Animated Film and was nominated for an Academy Award, a Golden Globe, a BAFTA, and an Annie Award for Best Animated Film. Like almost all of Burton's work, it is scored by Danny Elfman. Many of the animation artists and crew from Corpse Bride were involved in the production of this movie. Filming began at Three Mills Studio in July 2010. The film created three giant sound stages, including Victor's cluttered family attic, a cemetery exterior, and a school interior. The sound stages were then divided into 30 separate areas to deal with the handcrafted frame-by-frame style of the filmmaking. Compared to other stop-motion animation sets, Frank and Weenie's set was much larger. As noted by IGN, the main character, Sparky, had to be dog-sized compared to the other human characters, but also large enough to house all the elements of the mechanical skeleton uh, secreted within his various foam and silicone-based incarnation. The mechanics... Uh, were small and delicate, and in some instances, the filmmakers had to have Swiss watchmakers create the tiny nuts and bolts. Around 200 separate puppets were used in the film, with roughly 18 different versions of Victor. The puppets used real human hair and had 40 to 45 joints for human characters and over 300 parts for Sparky. Shot on a budget of $39 million, it would gross over $81 million at the box office. Interesting. Plot. It's honestly super simple. A young boy who's very into science and loves his dog loses his dog to an accident. He realizes that science might provide the answer to bring his friend back to life. And through what we saw in Frankenstein, right? Mm-hmm. He's able to bring him back. Uh, so other kids in school try to recreate the same thing and cause havoc. It's actually where I got the name for my first dog, Colossus. There's a scene where one of the 
the other school children is raw is Colossus, and there's this giant shadow on the wall, and it's a teeny tiny hamster. And so when I just when I ended up getting a Chihuahua for my very first dog ever, I thought it would be hilarious where they see me, and it's like, yeah, my dog's name's Colossus, and they think this big monster's gonna come out and this cute adorable furball rounds the corner. Uh, um, Sparky then saves Victor from a burning windmill and the whole town comes together to re-spark Sparky and happily ever after. Yeah. Um, I cry in this movie every time I watch it and the first time I saw it I didn't even have a fucking dog. It is adorable. What I've been talking about on this podcast here recently, I've been going through and watching old kid movies with Devin Mm -hmm. and like deciding whether they're too sad to let our future children watch. This one doesn't feel as sad. No, it's not. I mean, I let my kids watch it. Yeah. Whatever. Like, yeah, it, it, I mean, you still have the death of the pet, but like it, it never, like I talked about when we watched Land Before Time, how it lingered on the death. Like, Sparky died, and it was super sad. But I think between like the stop motion animation, the score by Danny Elfman, and just the pace with which Victor realizes there's an alternative to bring Sparky back, I feel like we never really have that like. It's not. There's not a lingering moment on it. You're right. I mean, it's. It doesn't focus on the death. Mo- it focuses on like. The potential. After. Yes. And like I think I figured that the more lingering moments, the end where they aren't sure if the car is able to bring him back. But that felt more lingering than the initial death. Yeah, I agree. I did find the end a little cheesy, but... Oh, Justin, you heartless monster! Yeah, well, you know, Justin! <laughs> um, As a Canadian, I expect better. Yeah, well, you know, I gotta make up for the rest of them. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I do genuinely enjoy this plot. I, th- I think it is enjoyable. I don't think it's, like, <clears throat> near the top of Burton's films for me, personally. Oh, uh, I... I, I, it's top five for me. Oh, see, it is not for me. It's okay. It's in the middle somewhere, maybe. I don't know. I haven't really given it all a ton of thought. I just know it's not like up front and center. Like sure. Again, I watched this when it came out in 2012. I haven't seen it since. Like this is the first time. This I is the first it. Blu-ray I ever bought. Oh, my first Blu-ray was Repo. The Genic Opera. Hell yeah. After October, we do need to talk about doing the Patreon exclusive where we go back and forth and make each other watch musicals. Did I ever tell you that I saw that musical live? No, you didn't. Yeah, um, they came to Canada for one night only, and it was like, obviously not the cast, but it was like Mm -hmm. uh, Terrence, Zoot, and Inch or whatever. Uh, Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. It was fucking weird. (laughs) So I want to talk about this here because there's no real section for it. Okay. It's like more of a cinematography cinematography thing but I know that animation is moving a lot more towards digital you know like no I, I, I always everything. like I, I think this stuff is like where it's at I love stop motion stuff it's special like there's something truly special about like this James and the Giant Peach oh, I obviously. love James and the Giant Peach that yeah, is like I, one of my favorite children's movies yeah, yeah me too and, and, and like Nightmare like yeah there's just something really special about this. And I know, like, I watched, like, the, the bonus features for this, and I watched it for Nightmare, and they, they talk about it. It takes a long time to make a movie like this, in this style, yeah. and a lot of money. And I know that 
many studios are going towards putting out shit for as cheap as possible to make as much money as possible. Yeah. And I don't know. I hope that my kids are able to like, like not just the classics like this and Corpus Bride and all that jazz, but like this is a really special art style. And I think it's because you can feel the love that goes in. From, Absolutely. Yes. Like the, the animators, the people who are moving those puppets, taking the shots, creating the scenes. Like, when I went and saw Tim Burton's art display at MoMA, oh my god, this is years ago now, but, like, they had a display of a bunch of different heads of Jack Skellington. Yeah. It's incredible. It, it, it's just shocking, and the art is beautiful, and that's not knocking digital art or anything like that. I'm not saying that. It's just, this is different. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is just something that, like, you don't see very often, and it is... Especially in a kids-oriented movie, I don't like. Can you think of somebody else besides like someone who's like tied to Tim Burton? Because Tim Burton was tied to James and the Giant Peach. Like, can you think of someone else who's done this? No, I mean, I, I agree to a point. I I do think it definitely. Even though you said it, it definitely sounds like you're putting down digital art. Um. No, it's, it's not. It's not, and, and that's what I'm not trying to say. It's just like I, I know that's where studios are going. Like, like Disney doesn't do like how they made Snow White, right? Like, they don't do that kind of artwork anymore. They're going towards a more efficient way to put mm-hmm. out a very crisp picture, and I get that. But there's just... There's something... Like it's, it's, I guess I, I kind of equate it to CGI versus practical. Yeah. I guess that's the best way to kind of equate it to what we talked about before here. So I'm not putting down digital artists. I'm not putting down CGI. It's just, like, there is something special about a practical effect. And there yeah, is something... I don't know where to put. I I don't, I don't even know how to phrase it. It's just like something about stop motion animation movies is just magical. I guess like there's like a magic to it. Do you know what I'm saying at all? Am I just like talking in circles and burying a hole for myself? Because I'm really trying not to. I mean, I like, think you're burying a hole for yourself, but I do understand okay. what you're saying. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> And I know I know you're not purposely saying because <laughs> I know what you're trying to say, <laughs> and it's well, help me say it. Help me say it so we can clean it up. You you like stop motion? There you go. <laughs> just okay. <laughs> just but but do you do you like find a magic in it? Like like something that's like oh yeah absolutely like here. Sorry, I'm gonna stop motion movies um oh god i haven't seen a lot of these <laughs> why did i look that up <laughs> um but no i agree yeah um, because because maybe it's not stop motion maybe it's the combination of like tim burton's like mind and danny elfman's score well, and i I, stop I, I do think that that could be part of it because i mean i am now seeing some stuff on here that i don't think is like good or special like the box trolls i never heard of it early so man so uh, maybe it is a combination of all those things i think danny elfman's score is just breathtaking i think tim burton's art style is his own yes absolutely and i, and I think that is probably like the biggest so maybe thing. it's not stop motion then maybe it's just like it's like a passion project maybe that's what it is maybe it's not even the art style Maybe it's more like, 
I feel like some or even most of what we get to theaters now is like thrown there made in a room sterilized trying to like not piss off anybody and like turn the highest profit possible instead of like someone with an artistic idea trying to to deliver it in a way they feel best maybe that's what it is and maybe tim burton's style is just the stop motion yeah i i i yes i definitely it's it's definitely more that because i just yeah, i, I just right. looked i, I just be... looked at a list of stop motion and i can tell you that i've seen some of those other ones and they are bad but that's not to say that's not to put down stop motion either because i think stop motion is good it's very good <laughs> look at us both we're gonna get hate mail yeah. we're probably our yeah. first hate mail message because like no like, like i said we're, we're talking through it that's part of the fun of this it's like yeah. I think we can both agree that there's a lot of movies that get sent to theaters now that are literally designed in a test tube to yes. like to like Sell. make profit to make as little cost as possible, little risk as possible, yes. the highest return on a absolutely market. yes. And I feel like to spend forty million dollars on a kids-oriented movie to spend over two years just designing these puppets to bring in watchmakers to fucking yeah. make the gears to make the dog move. There's just something special about that. And I think that that's what I was trying to say. So send your hate mail to me uh, if you feel like I was a dick towards modern art. And send your hate mail to Justin if you feel like he was a dick to stop motion. Uh, (laughs) Here we are trying to do something we thought that was going to be wholesome and unproblematic. And here we go. Larry, we were the problems all along. <laughs> we were we, we, are, we are the danger, as Walter White would say. <laughs> Acting and soundtrack. Uh, let's do soundtrack first, because I think that's probably the easiest one. Fucking amazing, right? Oh, yeah. It's Danny Elfman. It's, right? it's, it's Danny Elfman. Yeah. Like, it's fucking Danny Elfman. Like, yeah. I, I think the reason why I cry isn't the sadness, because like you said, like, you don't linger on it. It definitely is a lot more hopeful. I think it's the score. Yeah. I think it's the I think it's the score. Uh, and then acting, I thought it was all great. I think the person who voice acted Victor was great. I'm, I'm a sucker for Winona Ryder. I thought she was great. I thought the parents, um, Martin Short and Catherine O'Hara, were great. I, I love this movie, so I really don't have anything negative to say about anything. I mean, I did find it weird how the... Did you like the Vincent Price character? Uh, which one was that? Dude, I don't... The school, the school teacher. Oh yes, absolutely. He was amazing. Yeah. Um, I I always feel weird when movies uh, that have monsters always give the uh, Asian character Godzilla. I always feel weird. Like it always comes off as like a weird racial stereotype for me. I don't know why. I mean, well, obviously. Uh, so I always feel weird about that. But uh, other that's than a, that, that's a, that's it was great. That's a solid point. Do you do you feel any differently than how you used to feel knowing that Godzilla was created by Japanese cinema? Like, yeah. does it feel stereotypical, or do you feel like it's like more of like an homage to it? That's that's, that's a legitimate question. Um, I, I think you have a good point. But I'm asking, since on this podcast we like dove into like what Godzilla meant to the Japanese people. So, I'm kind of of two minds of this. I I definitely okay. do think part of it is. Speci- also, before you go, how the fuck has this episode gotten so heavy? I, mean, I, like- I, dude, I, it's fucking Frankenweenie, okay? I don't know what happened. <laughs> this was meant to be a fucking T-ball. 
<laughs> but continue on. Yes, please yes. talk to me about the horror of the atomic bombing of American on Japanese people. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> and the stereotypes. <laughs> no, I just, I, I definitely think it's, it's kind of of two minds. I mean, this movie has a lot of, like, nods and homages, obviously. Oh, so, throughout. Yeah, so I, I definitely do think it's more of that. I just, it's always so, like. It's probably a fine line. Yes, I think there is at, at a best, very fine line best. there, and mm-hmm. I I think that some of it might cross it, and some of it doesn't. Okay. I just I don't, I am not the correct person to talk to about this, but I just well, always... we're, we're sitting here discussing it, and it's it's funny because I, yeah, no, I I guess I, I didn't think about the Godzilla thing until we were sitting here talking about. It. Not that I didn't recognize like the homage of what it yes. was, but like well, I and wonder, that's what I'm saying is like I'm is not it stereotype sure. or is it homage, and like yeah. where is that line? Yeah, and and that's what like kind of where I'm at. Like I don't know because it like, would it be more problematic if you like if you didn't give it to the Asian character to the Japanese character who like it was their people who like created this monster as a way to kind of face the nuclear holocaust that was dropped upon them like i don't know that's a send your emails in on that too okay is this an october <laughs> staple my god justin when we pick this it's like oh this will be so light no oh my god is it an october staple i would say yes i watch this movie probably three times a year uh probably even more so now that i have dogs i literally grabbed all three of my dogs and made them sit with me throughout this whole movie they were pissed but they did it um I think the black and white is beautiful. I think the homages to all the old classic horror films is fantastic. I just think it's a very... If you're picking a movie to watch that's not, like, super scary, which is kind of the design, right, mm-hmm. of this Halloween season we did was to start with, like, the lighthearted stuff and then get into Michael Myers' and shit. Uh, I, I think that this is... Like, this is a good one. This is a, this is, this is a, this is a good one. Hmm. I'm not sure how I feel about okay. that. Oh, only because like, <laughs> I Say you hate dogs. Let's just really make this thing fucking. <laughs> <laughs> no, just... not no, not at all. But like, weirdly <laughs> enough, I like para Paranorman a lot better than this. Dude, thank you for that. Is a movie I always like when I see a trailer for it or something like referencing it. I want to say I want to watch, and I always forget. I am going to watch that. I like that movie a lot more. Um, okay. So I like I don't because like I again I haven't watched this movie in ten years, mm-hmm. twelve yeah no ten years yeah uh, excuse me no you're, you're good uh, but yeah but yeah I just I don't know I I feel like if I'm going to watch a stop motion animated movie on Halloween about Halloween time ish kind of you know like oh, nightmare I mean no nightmare is a November movie because it's Splitting the gap. Yeah, it's the nightmare so it before Christmas. Ride? Um, no, I man, a corpse bride has a weird place for me. I need to rewatch it. I haven't seen it since it came me out in Devin theaters. Me and used corpse bride in our wedding. I haven't seen it since it came out in theaters because Christ. I was yes for one reason. Uh, during the promotion of that movie, they used uh-huh. Nightmare on Elm Street, or Nightmare on Elm Street, Nightmare Before Christmas music throughout the whole thing. I don't remember any of that because I didn't see that in theaters. I actually saw it when it came on the home video. Oh, see, they like they were like, "Oh yeah, this is like it's basically Nightmare Before Christmas too," which is weird because it has a killer soundtrack. 
so I went in and I was like, fuck yeah, we're getting all this awesome music back. Let's let's go. And then I went there and I was like, oh. Are we going to have to do Corpse Bride at some point? I w- honestly, I would love to because I've always wanted to go back and give it a fair shot. Okay. Because I think it was marketed horribly. Maybe for Valentine's Day, we'll go back and do Corpse Bride. Okay. I honestly, like, I'm really up for that because I do want to give it a solid shot. Like I said, me and Devin gave our officiant very few... Uh, things for our wedding because we wanted it to be like quick like our yeah. whole ceremony was like less than like six seven minutes yeah literally 90 percent of what she said was straight from corpse bread interesting okay okay yeah like the whole with this cup i think okay okay yeah. we'll save it we'll save it we'll save it how old are children before you show them this film <sighs> i can answer this if you want while you think I okay. mean, my kids have already seen this movie, so they watched it with me. And they the were reason why I, I breathe is the dog dying. Like, so the thing is, is my kids have already had to go through losing an animal. Oh, have they really? Oh yeah, my parents' dog. They were like, they love that thing. And <laughs> this might be a little too heavy for the podcast. Um, my in-laws are currently going through the same thing so they're going they're having to go through it again um i'm so sorry oh I'm... i have like legitimate nightmares about when that i mean obviously i went through the hell with dante last year yeah it's it's a legitimate like there are times i'm just like sitting there reading or watching tv and they all just see them like laying on the couch or like, on the floor chewing on something, and I'll like immediately go over and grab them and just like stop everything I'm doing and just hold them because like I don't know. Uh, we my family they're special. My my Animal family used to uh, uh, house uh, adoptive dogs, so like we'd hold on to them if the the the, the, the yeah whatever got overflowing, we'd like take uh-huh. a couple on or whatever. So unfortunately, as a child, I had to deal with it a lot. Oh, Justin, so I wasn't allowed. I wasn't allowed to have a dog growing oh. up. So, so I, I'm, I'm kind of like, obviously I get sad and I cry and stuff, but uh, yeah. emotionally I'm very like, listen, if it's if it's today, it's nothing's going to change that. Because if, if I were to be fortunate enough to win the lottery or get stupid amounts of money, what I would my dream is to run a uh, dog sanctuary. Interesting. Interesting. Just to, okay. And I would like to pair up with like, like at-risk teens or like veterans or whatever or like ptsd and stuff and like pair them up yeah because mm. there's been a lot of like really good studies about especially with um ptsd suffer um veterans who pair up with like dogs and how like that kind of really helps them and stuff okay dude we are what the fuck is happening with this episode i don't know <laughs> This is supposed to be so easy. We're wrapping it up. We're going to talk about Harry Potter. We're going to hear a commercial from Harry Potter, and then we're going to get on into the closing. Ghosts. Split souls. Monsters. Sociopathic villains. Cold-blooded murders. And nightmares becoming reality. Does this sound like horror to you? Actually, these are all things that can be found in the Harry Potter series. It can be scarier than you might think. I'm Katie. And I'm Audrey. And in our podcast, Wizard Studies, we talk about all these parts of the wizarding world and even some more lighthearted stuff. We can be found anywhere you listen to your podcasts and on Instagram and Facebook as Wizard Studies Podcast and Twitter as Wizard Studies. Now back to your regularly scheduled horror talk on Here's Johnny. So, 
here we are in the closing. I want to give people a little background. We were going to do the monsters, or I, I was inclined to do the monsters because yeah. I loved the TV show. Love the TV show. Mm -hmm. um, Herman Munster is like one of my favorite television characters of all time, and I like Rob Zombie movies. Like there are some that I have problems with, but overall I tend to like Rob Zombie movies. Yeah, um, like Halloween so too, right? It's your favorite one. <laughs> oh, Three from Hell. That's your other favorite one, right? Sometimes my man hits, sometimes my man misses. <laughs> but like I watched this, and I watched yeah. it right after Hocus Pocus two, and I like the monsters more than Hocus Pocus two. Okay. Um, because I felt like it was, it felt more right. Like we discussed the Hocus Pocus two review, how it, like there were things that felt off. Like yes. you talked about that a lot, especially Winifred. Um. But then Justin told me about like the zombies like supporting the Freedom Convoy, and I googled it, and like they sure fucking did. Yep. And I was like, well, that's fucking weird. And like Justin's like, yeah, I kind of feel uncomfortable with it, and like this whole podcast is like meant to be us like having a good time and somehow i shed on on without meaning to or sounding like i shed on modern art as opposed to like stop motion justin's over here shitting on stop motion and like this oh my god i it's been a heavy we, it's been a heavy episode apparently <laughs> jesus Christ. frank and weenie frank and weenie who would have thought that that would pull out I blame the Danny Elfman squirt, <laughs> loosening, loosening our feelings and letting everything come out. Uh, next week, if you want to hear me extremely pissed off and Justin wondering why he wastes his time, we are reviewing Halloween Five, The Curse of or Revenge of Michael Myers. Uh, fuck, that sucks. But guys. you know what's exciting? What's going to happen after that? Halloween ends. Yeah, and you know what? I wonder if Halloween is actually. I wonder if evil will die that night. I think he does. I think Michael Myers dies. I think Jamie Lee Curtis will die too, but I think she's going to want to kill Michael and I think she'll die after. I've already um, said my whole goal, my whole hopes and dreams is that the fight is over in 10 minutes and it's just an hour and a half of Jamie Lee Curtis sipping Mai Tais on the beach somewhere. I I mean, I know I'm, I've... When it first came out, there was a small minority, but now it seems like the majority of people didn't really hate it, Halloween Kills. And I said at the time... Go back and listen to that review. There are things in that movie I like, and there are things in the movie that I could really fucking hate, depending upon what happens and ends. Yeah. So Halloween Ends is going to answer a lot of fucking questions. And Justin and I have always been flirting with doing a season where we go back and like touch on things. Like, that would be a candidate. Like, if Halloween Ends does not address certain things in ways I feel like they need addressed, then I'm going to have some problems. Um... But I don't know. I think we'll, we'll continue to finish out the Halloween franchises on Halloween, but like you said, we need to do the Friday movie. Friday. We need to do the uh, Nightmare movies and get those through. So, Yeah, because we're catching up. Frank and Weenie. What a thing. What a... Who would have... Who would have thought? I, I told you I thought this episode was like not even going to hit 20 minutes, and my God, like... <laughs> Should we like put a... Uh, like? Not even a trigger warning? I don't know. No, I don't think it was, like, that bad. I mean, if it's going into Frank and Weenie, you kind of know that. So, it's not that it was bad, and I, I, and I, we have people who respond to us and stuff, so I'm curious what Emily and Eddie will say over in the Zombie Girls um, Discord. Like, I wonder what they're going to think. Like, if it's, like, it's obvious that we're tired and we have a lot going on, and we just, this is a double record, so, like... <laughs> 
we're getting this talking and like, like like you said, you know I wasn't trying to crap on the the like digital artist. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. The words I was saying is, is what it sounded like, and I kept trying to dig out of the hole while digging the hole deeper. And then you're like, "Hey, let me help you." And then you started digging your own <laughs> hole, and then we started talking about PTSD and war veterans and nuclear holocaust. Oh, that's what you that's what you yeah. said. You yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Halloween 5 next week, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hopefully your Halloween is going better than this recording. Uh, and, and until next time, stay scary. The Here's Johnny podcast is brought to you by Larry and Justin. You can find the show on Twitter at Here's Johnny Cast, and you can find Larry at Beaver LA. You can find Justin at Pickle Thing, and you can email the show at Here's Johnny Podcast at gmail.com. You can look us up on Facebook at Here's Johnny Podcast. As always, in the show notes, you can find links to the Discord and to the website. We are also on Instagram at Here's Johnny underscore podcast. Also, in the show notes, we'll have a link to the Twitch and YouTube channels. And if you would like to support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Here's Johnny Podcast. Every cent goes into the show. And yeah, we just really use it to make the show better. Again, I just want to say thank you very much to our patrons. Uh, you guys help make this possible. But yeah, Patreon is the way we support the show. We are looking to get rich. And like Justin said, every dollar, every cent, it all goes back in. There's some pretty cool tiers. So head on and look at that. But until next week, see you guys later. <laughs>